Welcome back to Over Here. My name is Nick Finzer, and today we're back to our jazz education series and talking about is jazz education worth it? And we're taking a stock of a bunch of different programs. So today we're talking about the program at Florida State University, Michigan State University, and also talking about moving to New York a little bit and living in New Orleans for a little bit. So kind of a wide range there. Uh, We're reconnecting with a few former students of mine. If you didn't know, I used to teach at Florida State University uh, for a couple years from 2014 and 15 to 15 and 16. Uh, and I had a chance to reconnect with two of my students, Boyce Griffith, a tenor saxophonist, and Sam Winternheimer, a bassist. And both of them have kind of different paths, and I'll let you get to know them individually. But it was great to catch up with them, and I'm glad that they could take some time to chat and kind of give us a little insight into not only Florida State University, but also into uh, some other programs and the decision-making process of what happens after school. So please enjoy these couple of conversations. Okay, yes. Uh, Well, I'm Boyce Griffith. I play uh, tenor saxophone, and I'm from Tallahassee, Florida, born and raised. And uh, I went to Florida State University and got my bachelor's degree in jazz studies. And now I'm out uh, learning a little bit of uh, instrument repair um, and still practicing and still gigging with folks and still taking lessons here and there when I can and uh, just about to move and try to fit into a bigger scene. Awesome. And you're moving, you're going to move to New York, yeah? Yes. And so tell us a little bit about your overall experience at FSU, kind of what what got you there and uh, what was it like? Well, I grew up in Tallahassee, Florida. So, um, I was already, you know, I went to high school at Leon, which is right down the street from FSU. We had a lot of connection with the, uh, with the faculty there in the public school community too, as well. I mean, not, not even taking into account being a student at FSU, we got a lot of access to them outside of it. So that influenced my decision. I auditioned there. I auditioned at Eastman and, uh, University of North Texas and North Florida and, uh, so I got in um, to all those places, but FSU was just the financially the smartest decision for me, um, because I'm not you know I'm not in any debt or anything like that. So it's it, it was a good decision. So was that kind of the main consideration for you? Is kind of the financial thing, or was it? It, it was, yeah. It was um, for me mostly staying out of debt while having access to a bunch of information about playing and and really great resources to teach me how to play and teach me how to play, you know, jazz with others and, you know, think about being an artist and all, all of this, all this thought that is required to have a career in music. You know, all the resources were there at FSU. So I figured the money situation with that uh, made it a good choice. And so did you, you liked your experience there overall? It was, it was positive? It was, yeah. I mean, there's, there are elements of it that I think could be changed, but there's, you know, for the most part, I'm happy with my decision going there. All my teachers were incredible. So, yeah, I feel like um, sometimes, I mean, for sure, like not people in the Northeast, at least 
it's FSU is not necessarily on their radar, but there's some great faculty there. And is there anything that you thought is kind of particularly unique to FSU that people might be interested to know about? Well, I think the approach to, to um, playing with, you know, using the blues and, and kind of adhering to, you know, the, the roots of jazz, it's, it's something that I feel kind of, uh, I don't know, I, I, I'm really glad they stressed the importance of that to me just because it's, it, it makes uh, the music make more sense to me. So, um, but other than that, I mean, there's just, it's a pretty standard school experience, I, I thought. You know, I, I just went there and there's plenty of opportunity to study and there's plenty of people getting up to play and practicing all this stuff. Um, unique to FSU though, I think it's just the, the way they play, the way they teach how to play. It's the, the tradition kind of vein of it. Mm -hmm. And what about like the balance between, you know, music stuff and kind of the gen ed requirements? What was that like for you? Oh, that was, I think that was the most frustrating part, honestly. The gen eds are really cool in that, in that I, I, I do enjoy learning all that stuff. It's, sure. I just, you know, I just like filling my head with whatever knowledge I can. It's it's a fun activity, but it didn't really, it didn't really serve a purpose, or it, it it didn't really put me in a position to do any of the things I was studying in the gen eds. Uh, so it it, al it almost seems not worth it. But I'm glad I know the the information. Totally. It was a struggle. It was just like too much work or too 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 many. It was too much work, and it took a lot of energy and time away from studying music, uh, especially in my last year there. Interesting. So it didn't kind of wane off. It kind of only picked up um, as you went through? Uh, the, the, so the gen eds um, themselves are actually pretty easy. You usually finish those off at the beginning, like the general mathematics and reading and all this stuff. But then there's also in, our, uh, in the Bachelor's of uh, Arts degree... There's a, I forget how many, but there's a pretty ridiculously high number of uh, upper level credits you have to take in non-music. Okay. So they have to be non-music. They have to be at the 3,000 level or above. So that's pretty, those are relatively intense classes. And so I had to fill a bunch of hours with those classes my last year. I and see. And that was, yeah, uh, it was partially poor planning, but it was also just... Uh, bad situation <laughs> well you survived yeah i survived it was it was hard work but it was worth it so if you could go back to like your senior year of high school and kind of go through this whole process again of auditioning and looking at schools and selecting a school do you think you'd do anything differently i don't know i feel like it would just you know, it would be a completely different path uh, to choose another school just because I would be meeting, meeting different people and, you know, with a different work ethic and all this stuff. But, I mean, I think I would pick FSU again. Um, it, was a, it was definitely worth it. If, if I could do something different, I probably would have done UNT. Okay. Um, just because the instructor there, Brad Lealy, is, is a really great player and I really enjoy listening to him. So would be great to study with and what about like when if you were doing school again would you do anything different while you were actually at fsu 
Um, I think I would have. Hmm. I could have tailored my schedule to add a minor of some kind, like a full a full minor, mm-hmm. um, which would have been probably a productive use of the the upper levels. But you know, that's, yeah. But you were always impact. working pretty hard while you were there, if I remember. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and so, do you have any other? Any other advice for anyone kind of in in your shoes or your previous shoes, you know, about to embark on a career as a student in music? Well, um, any advice I'd have is just, you know, make sure you've got, you know, make sure you've got a good teacher and make sure that you are just doing everything they tell you to do and and trust in the process. I mean, the you know, you, you will become a good musician if you go to music school, if, if you use your resources wisely. Um, but, you know, it seems to, it's a, it's a pretty straightforward process, but it, it's, it's a little intimidating at first. So that's what I would say. Just stick it through. Don't awesome. <laughs> and so uh, what's on the, I know you're going to move to New York, but what's kind of the long-term plan for you? Are you thinking about going back to school or you're kind of done with school? Uh, what, where do you see yourself headed? I, um, I'm kind of uh, in an experimental stage in the career. I'm trying to, you know, learn all this instrument repair stuff to see, just to check to see if that's like a fun, you know, way to make some money and, and like engage a creative process as well, in addition to practicing and trying to play with as many people as possible. But when I get to New York, I might try to, you know, find a job with a woodwind, you know, shop of some kind and and try to repair some more and get better at the the craft or you know I'll, I'll be i'll be out and about almost every night just trying to catch people playing and um but i think ultimately i'm gonna try to go back to school after a few years of living in new york not in school mm-hmm. excellent well man thanks for taking the time to uh chat today i appreciate it yeah well thank you for the opportunity yeah, no problem. Um, well, good luck, and let me know uh, when you get to New York. So that's Boyce talking a little bit about his time at Florida State University, and he was an undergrad there, and so I wanted to try to get another perspective about Florida State. So we talked to Sam Winternheimer. Uh, he was a grad student there, and he also reflects on some time that he spent in Michigan at Michigan State University. So here's Sam. My name's Sam Winternheimer. I'm a bass player. Um, I went... Oh... I went to, um, I'm from Indianapolis area and I ended up going to Michigan State University for my undergraduate degree and then Florida State University for my graduate degree. Um, and I stopped there as a teaching assistant for Rodney Jordan. Um, yeah. And then now you're in New Orleans, right? And now I'm in New Orleans and going to be back in the Midwest in a couple weeks here. So. And so... What was your overall experience like at Michigan? Let's start. Let's talk about Michigan first. So I got I to gotta say, we don't call Michigan State Michigan. Oh, sorry. University, Michigan State. Yeah, yeah. Michigan, uh, University of Michigan and Michigan State are a little bit different. Uh, they're both awesome schools. Um, Michigan State was fantastic. Um, so my, in high school, my classical bass teacher was named Robert Goodlett, and his son did classical bass at Michigan State. And he he took some jazz lessons, um, and he he was the first one who really introduced me to jazz music. Um, 
my teacher suggest Robert Goodlett suggested that I take some lessons and just see what it's like because he thought I would like it because I was into like rock music and stuff at the time, and I ended up really liking it. And he, um, sorry, one second, I'm just turn off my phone here. Um, he ended up kind of telling me about Rodney Whitaker, um, and I. So that was like my sophomore year of high school. And then I went and took a lesson with Rodney Whitaker that year. Um, and I played for him and he said, okay, well, it sounds like you'll be ready for the audition in the fall and um, we'll just see you in the fall then. And I was like, oh wait, I have a couple more years. And he's like, oh, okay, come back to me in a couple of years then. <laughs> so I ended up, and I, w- I was gung ho for it at the time when I was really young. So that, that helped a lot. Um, and then I looked at a bunch of different schools like USC, Temple, UNT, um, some local schools, Butler University, Ball State University, actually, um, IU. And right before the audition started, my senior year of high school, I went and took a lesson with Rodney Whitaker again. Um, and I would suggest that for anybody is go take a lesson with the person, let them get to know you a couple months and see the progress you can make in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was something that I thought really helped. So I ended up, I got to love my parents and got to give them a lot of credit for this. I, I was supposed to be typing my senior paper, um, that night and he said, can you come up tonight? And I was like, okay. And my mom was like, yeah, we'll do it. And it ended up to be a snowstorm. And so it was like a four hour drive there in a snowstorm while I'm typing my senior paper, took a lesson, got to listen to the combos. I was pretty much sold by that point. Um, and yeah, Rodney Whitaker said, welcome to the family. And, um, then right after the, that audition, he came out afterwards and we talked about scholarship opportunities and things like that. Great. And, um, as far as as far as the school goes, that's kind of the audition process um, for my undergrad. And I really wanted to teach. Um, I, I really wanted to learn from a really great pedagogue. Um, and so Rodney Whitaker seemed like the person to go to. He had had Ben Williams come out of the school. There's all these great bass players that were coming out of there. Um, and so... I, I decided to go there and they wanted me at UNT and Temple as well. But I decided that Michigan state was where to, where I wanted to go. Um, and while I was there, it was fantastic. It was very much, um, I felt like it was a family environment. Everybody was really rooting for each other. Um, no, some more than others. Um, and I feel like the professors were really together and cohesive. Um, I think that has a lot to do with Rodney Whitaker's leadership. He, he is a really, really great, um, system for leading, for leading and inspiring children, uh, students. And I don't know what, what else would you like to know about the process? Well, I think you hit on a lot of things that I was going to ask you about without having, having to do so. So that was great. And so Correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like your main criteria was basically you wanted to be with that teacher and go and study with him, Rodney Winokur. Yeah, I know that he was going to be there for a significant portion of my career there. 
as opposed to leaving constantly sure. and knowing that he was going to be available for me at that point in time. Exactly. That, I mean, that's great. And so now that I know you have, you know, context for some other programs at this point, but looking back, is there anything about that school that stands out as kind of being unique uh, and special to that program? Yes. Um, one thing that I think is significantly unique is every part of or every professor at Michigan State University is there pretty much all the time. Now, they they all are doing a lot career-wise, but when they are at Michigan State, you see them there until 9, 10 o'clock at night some nights. Mm-hmm. So I the face time I got with each professor was really significant. I think it helped create a culture of uh, inclusion and also um, you got to you got to experience a lot of learning outside the classroom outside of your lesson it was a lot of like life learning and cultural learning mm-hmm. does that make sense no, it totally uh, it's kind of hard to describe like I think too having um, I think also the administration there really supports the jazz school and and they really like Rodney Whitaker and his teaching method and how he leads. Like he ended up getting a million dollar endowment for the school while I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to work on some of the administrative side too, under his wife who works as the administrator for the jazz, um, the jazz department. Mm-hmm. So the, the support I think from the administration really, really helped make it easy for the jazz musicians to feel welcome, which I don't feel like that happens in every school. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of separation. (laughs) Yeah. What, um, so can you dig in a little bit to the the kind of more of the nitty gritty, but like, did you have to take like a bunch of like gen ed requirements or were you able to kind of focus mostly on jazz and bass playing? So it's not a conservatory. Um, so there is the gen eds and, uh, I tested out of quite a bit of gen eds using AP credits and things like that. Like I didn't have to take a writing course because I had tested out of it. Um, I had to take a math course, which was easy. I mean, it's to, honestly, I got some advice early on that said, if you, if it, if the amount of work in between an A and a B is a lot of work in a gen ed, then just go with the B do is get a good grade in it, but get a passing grade and, and just work as hard as you can on the music stuff. So that's, mm-hmm. that was kind of my focus. I had to take, I think up until my senior year, every semester I took one gen ed. So it was really well, wasn't that bad. Sure. And, what and, about- I, and I would definitely suggest for any student going into a, like a liberal arts situation where you have to take gen eds and a bunch of music classes to get them done early because by the time you're a senior and junior, you want to be gigging and be able to travel and move and have a flexible schedule, which is a lot harder whenever you're doing gen eds. Got it. Got it. And, uh, so that kind of leads me to my next question is like now looking back on it, is there anything that you think you could have done differently to take more advantage of, you know, what was happening there at Michigan state? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I think I would have been a lot more focused musically. Um, I think it's easy in a large university like that to want a party, to want to 
um, kind of get distracted. And it's a small town. So, so you're, you're in a situation that's like, there, there are gigs, but there's not that many gigs in town. There's a lot of university gigs. Um, so East Lansing is smaller and there's some gigs in Lansing. Um, and you could play like rock and blues and things like that, which I think I would have taken more advantage of now. Uh, I would have stepped outside musically. I would have tried to do, I tried to do classical lessons, but they weren't allowing at that time classical bass lessons because of some previous students that hadn't been able to handle the course load. Um, but I would have also been going to Detroit quite a bit more, which is about an hour and a half drive. Um, but Detroit has great music. Um, I think the people that did really well at Michigan state were going to Detroit quite often and sitting in and experiencing life as a, as a musician, not in a college town. Sure. So I think I would have done that quite a bit more. Um, but I, I was able to do some of that. I gigged a couple times in Detroit and then on the Western side of the state as well. Cool. So let's kind of keep moving ahead to like, so you were finishing up at Michigan state and then you ended up at Florida state. So kind of what was that process? Like, where did you apply for your master's and what kind of like made you decide to go to Florida state? So I did, um, I applied for a couple schools. I didn't hear back from Manhattan school and in hindsight, I would have done a lot more preparation. And I think in hindsight, maybe it would have been better for me to take a year off to have time to prepare for that audition process. I know that we've, me and you have talked before about this. You took a year off. And I think in hindsight, I probably should have taken a year off and really shed and got my head right and figure out what that I haven't absorbed from my undergraduate degree. Um, like try to absorb some of the things and learn some things that I don't feel like I was able to really get a handle on in those four years. Um, so I, I did Manhattan school. Um, and then SUNY purchase and Florida state university. And I, and I was kind of doing that, trying to move more towards the New York scene, Mm -hmm. but I had also heard from a lot of people, um, because I, I went into the process, I've always tried to base my decisions of of where to go to school based on the teacher that I'm going to be studying with. Mm-hmm. Because I think that if if you're not studying with a good teacher, you better be in a good city sure. where it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so if, you know, I looked at University of New Orleans, but it didn't seem very organized. I didn't know who taught there. Um and everyone had been talking about Rodney Jordan, who taught taught at FSU. So I decided that I wanted to go with a great pedagogue. I went down there, took a lesson, uh, I think the morning before my audition, had a great lesson. I pretty much made the decision that I was going to go to Florida State right after that lesson. And he and he had basically decided that he was going to take me as his um, graduate assistant. So I think. All of that being said, I think it's mostly for me, like if if you don't if you want to go to a city and you want to be in that scene, I think it's smart to be in that scene um, and to know the people and you don't necessarily need the best teacher in the world. But at that point in time, I needed a really good teacher. Um, So I went with the teacher and I I was not going to go into debt for for my graduate degree. 
personally, because I, I have some student loans from my undergraduate, and I didn't want to go farther into debt. Sure. That. Sure. No, those are good, good, good points and the things I was going to ask you about. So, um, and also, I, I think it, it, it needs to be said, too, that I also picked two faculties that had a mixed, like an integrated faculty where it was minorities and like, you know, black people, uh, people like Latino descent, you know, all these different mixtures, because I think that cultural witness is super important to the music. I think that it's, it's always been a part of the, especially jazz music, it's always been a part of it and it always should be a part of it. And so I really tried to focus on that as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, is there, is there any other, you know, specifically like college decision related advice that you might have for somebody that's going through the process, whether it be for undergrad or graduate? Um, I had a, I had a trumpet player from the Basie band that I talked to that actually went to Michigan state to tell me, he's like, I was like, I, you know, I don't even know if I want to do mass master's degree. And he's like, well, are you ready to be a professional musician? And I, that was when I decided that, yeah, I should go to grad school because I needed a finishing school personally. I don't think grad school is worth going into more debt for. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that having this year outside of school and now I, I have a lot of information that I have swirling around in my head and things that I've been taught at universities and things like that, that have been great, but I've done a lot of learning and growing and I think deeper growing being out of school a year. I think you, you learn more about yourself and, and I think it's hard in a university setting to really know what you can do with your own learning. Um, because you're having people constantly telling that you, that you should learn these things, you should learn these things, which is great. Don't get me wrong. And I think that I'm so much better for it and so much more prepared. And I'm, I'm standing on the shoulders of great people that have taught me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think my threshold for learning is going to be a lot higher because I went to university and did grad school and all that, but there's some real world experience that, that goes into being a professional musician that you just cannot learn in school. And I used to think, why don't we have classes on doing taxes? Why don't we have all this stuff? And I'm like, well, you kind of have to figure it out yourself. And it weeds out who really wants to be doing this. Mm -hmm. um, I agree with you. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And it's like, it weeds out who wants to do this. If you're really willing, like when I, I mean, this is a little bit more personal, but when I got to New Orleans, um, it's hard. And a lot of people played electric bass. I hadn't practiced electric bass for six years. You know, I started kind of on electric bass and then I moved to upright and I started focusing on that for a very long time. And as a professional musician and especially a bass player, you have to be able to play electric bass and you can't play it like an upright player plays electric bass. You have to be competent as an electric bass player. Um, and at least, at least in the New Orleans scene, that is. So I had a situation where I was, I was gigging here and there, and it takes a while to break into a scene. Everyone says it's a year, and I think that's probably about true because it's been a year now, and now I'm getting you know, multiple gigs a week, having to turn down gigs because I already have gigs booked on those nights, things like that. Um, but that being said, I had to substitute teach. Um, and so I would wake up at 6 a.m., substitute teach until 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 
go to sleep for a half hour, then practice for three hours, go out until 2 a.m. and just have people know who I am. Right. So there was a period there where I wasn't sleeping quite a bit. It was probably three months of me doing that. And I think I grew a lot during that time because I was like, I need to practice sufficiently. And that's the kind of real world experience that university is not going to give you. It's just not. Right. And I think to the to point you said before, like, what would you have done differently? I would have been out every single day trying to play with people, trying to get a group, my own group together of friends that were like minded, really pushing for creating a project, being project oriented um, and having people know who I am musically tenfold over all the time, like being out all the time on the scene, because you see what. There's great musicians in New Orleans who don't work because they aren't on the scene. Sure, yeah. Makes sense. Like, I'm sure you've seen that in New York. Yeah, yeah. It's like, if just because you're great doesn't mean you're going to get gigs. Yep, totally true. So, just to clarify, did you, I forgot to ask you this before, um, did you just get a performance degree when you were at Michigan State, or did you also do an education? Yeah, yeah, they have a they have a bachelor of music. Okay. So it's, I mean, it has teaching components. Like you take pedagogy classes. Um, you take arranging composition more, more for arranging class, less a composition, even though it says composition. Um, and, and there, there are all the classes are very, are taught by the right people in the university. Mm-hmm. Like AT and Charles teaches the arranging and composition. Well, he arranges and composes for a living. Right. And does original stuff. So he's the right person to be doing that. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so what's next for you? I know you said you're going to move back to Milwaukee. Or you're going to move back to the Midwest. You're going to end up maybe in Milwaukee. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I have a girlfriend of six years. So um, and we're, we're we're serious. So she's moving to Milwaukee. Um, I made the decision that I've spent a year here getting connections, learning a ton, gigging, um, playing like Zydeco music and all these things. So I've, I've learned a ton. Um, and I was going to stay an extra year, like sign another lease for a year. And my girlfriend so graciously prompted me to do that. She's like, keep stay in new Orleans. And then I just kind of felt that, that it was time to move on and start working my network in the Midwest area. So I'm going to be moving back to, um, Indianapolis, Indiana, staying with my parents. Um, I got some financial advice that I need to have like at least $5,000 in emergency fund. So I'm trying to get my emergency fund together, um, and try to save a lot of money, start to pay off a lot of my student loans. Um, and I'm going to be teaching, uh, with the Indianapolis Symphony Musicians when I get to Indianapolis, which is really cool, um, teaching with my old classical bass teacher. So I'm going to be a part of um, this academy called the Quattro String Academy. Mm-hmm. And it's te- like there's four ISO musicians, and then there'll be me teaching electric bass and upright bass, or in jazz bass. Um, so that's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And then there's a lot of musicians from the Michigan state and I from Michigan state and IU that are moving to, um, the Indianapolis area. So I'm going to be working with some of the guys and girls that I know 
to to make some bands and things like that in the area uh-huh. and gig around the Indianapolis or greater Indiana area. And then I have a, a friend who runs a band in Chicago and I'm going to be in his band. So I'm going to be playing some in Chicago um, and then eventually connecting to Milwaukee where I know some people as well. So I'm really trying to like work the whole area because I think the wider I cast my net, the more possibilities there are for me. Definitely. Definitely. Well, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat today. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, any other, yeah, I'm, I'm, I love talking about this stuff cause I think it's really like, it's not talked off enough about. So I think you're doing a really great thing here. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely something that needs to be you know, put out in the open. It's kind of, everyone has their own little silo and like what they think, but I think, you know, it's good to share cross cross experiences and th- different schools and different parts of the country and everything. So, yeah, I, w- I mean, I would d- definitely suggest Michigan state and Florida state. They're both fantastic schools. Um, I think as far as base wise, you couldn't pick two better schools. They're both, both Rodney's Rodney Whitaker and Rodney Jordan are fantastic. And I, I try to get every bass player that I know to study with them. So if you're a bass player, please go to those schools. <laughs> well, there you go. So you can't get a better recommendation for bass than that. So if you want to check out more about these schools, go ahead and search them online. Uh, I would assume that these two guys would not be offended if you looked them up and you asked them some questions about you know, what they thought about something even more specific. But thanks for taking the time to listen to Over Here. I hope you've been enjoying these episodes. If you haven't yet checked out the YouTube channel for Outside of Music, head on over there and subscribe because there's lots of great things happening over there. Great music coming out all year long. So thanks for giving us your time and attention. I can't wait to share something new with you next week. So I'll see you back here real soon.